0: In this week's market update, shares suffer their biggest fall since December as inflation looks to be stickier than hoped. Wall Street was down for a third week on the trot last week as investors digested the latest inflation data in the US and fretted that higher and more persistent price rises would encourage the Federal Reserve to hike further and leave rates higher for longer. The fall in the S&P 500 was around 3% for the week as a whole and even more for the more rate-sensitive NASDAQ index, as rising bond yields suggested that investors have been too optimistic about the end of the Fed's rate-hiking cycle. The two-year Treasury yield, which is closely linked to short-term interest rates, is now close to 5%, its highest level since just before the financial crisis. The main driver of last week's market moves was a punchier-than-expected inflation report, The core monthly personal consumption expenditures index, which is the Fed's preferred measure, rose by 0.6% between December and January and by 4.7% year on year. The forecast had been 4.3%. The latest data build on already stronger than predicted consumer and producer prices inflation data and suggest that the Fed's job is far from done. Futures markets are now pricing in US interest rates this summer of between five and a quarter and five and a half percent. That's half a percentage point higher than was being penciled in just four weeks ago. And it's not just in the US that investors are worrying about higher for longer interest rates. In Europe, the president of Germany's Bundesbank, who sits on the ECB's governing council, warned that inflation was likely to remain at very high levels and he said that this would require significant interest rate hikes beyond March. Meanwhile, here in the UK, expectations about the 2023 economic slowdown have been significantly tempered by lower energy prices. No longer quite the sick man of Europe, the UK economy is now expected to contract by around 0.6% rather than 1%. So taken together, all of these point to a stronger global economy than had been thought, and consequently a bigger job than estimated in bringing high inflation to heel. From a stock market perspective, it's a continuation of the pendulum swings experienced in 2022. Good news has become bad news for investors and vice versa. Strong data releases point to higher interest rates and the market retreats. Weaker data suggests an earlier pivot on rates and the market rises. This can be seen clearly if the stock market is superimposed over a chart of bond yields that's been flipped on its head. Higher yields equal lower share prices and the other way round. Since the start of last year, the two have been in lockstep. It's a predictable narrative and one that's dominating every other influence on the market. It's as if the only thing that matters now is what central banks are going to do. Of course, in the long run, other things do matter. Most importantly, company earnings are the main driver of share prices in the long run. But here too, the news has turned more pessimistic in recent weeks. Higher for longer interest rates provide a double headwind for shares because they reduce consumer confidence and demand while also raising costs for businesses. Forecasts for 2023 profits are now negative, albeit not at the kind of levels usually associated with a recession. Combined with the news on interest rates, it's perhaps unsurprising that the New Year rally has run out of steam. Having broken through the downtrend line linking the progressively lower market peaks in 2022, shares are falling back to that trend. The question of whether the October to January rally was a bear market rebound or the start of something more sustainable now looks to have been answered for now and not in the way that investors hoped of course this is not the same as saying that last year's bear market will continue at the same pace in fact there are a number of signals pointing to a more meandering path ahead the s&p 500 is bang in line with its one year average the amount of cash on the sidelines is neither excessive nor worryingly low and fund flows are indicating neither great optimism nor excessive pessimism. What we know is that earnings are trending lower and that inflation is coming down more slowly than hoped, with interest rates acting accordingly. So, the only question is how much of that pretty indifferent outlook was priced in by last year's market correction. The answer, looking back at previous bear markets, is quite a lot. In 2022, markets correctly anticipated a tightening in financial conditions and assumed that this would have an impact on company profits. They were right, and now those things are happening, but it's perhaps already in the price. What we might now face is a long period of waiting for the economic reality to catch up with the stock market's forecasts. Markets could track sideways for a while yet, but investors can reasonably hope that last October's low point is it for this cycle. This might just be a great opportunity to increase exposure to the market at a reasonable price. This week's data probably won't add a huge amount to our understanding of the outlook. The results season is drawing to a close over in the US with a handful of earnings announcements from the likes of Zoom, Salesforce, Macy's and Target, but nothing that's likely to change the overall picture. Here, we have figures from a couple of big house builders, Persimmon and Taylor Wimpey, and from Rightmove, the online estate agency. The message here is likely to be that the housing market is suffering from rising rates and fixed mortgages rolling over to lock in higher mortgage payments. There are also numbers from ITV, the London Stock Exchange and Metro Bank. On the economic front, the focus is on Europe, with consumer confidence data followed by employment and inflation numbers later in the week. And perhaps this is the moment for investors to really focus on Europe. It's been one of the strongest performing regions in the rally that began last October for a couple of reasons. First, the weather has been kind, undermining the prevailing narrative last autumn that Europe would face a crippling energy crisis this winter. Second, China has opened up a big tailwind for Europe's exporters. The bigger question about investing in Europe is whether there has been a sustainable shift away from the growth stocks that have enabled the US to be the market of choice for so long to the steadier value shares that are a bigger feature of the European market. If so, then its much lower valuations may look attractive now that we've moved, perhaps permanently, out of the free money era of the post-financial crisis world. Somewhat similar arguments can also be made for the UK, which trades at a big discount on the basis of an economic and political outlook that may not actually materialise. On the political front, there's evidence that the long process of rebuilding our bridges with Europe may have begun. This week's agreement on the Northern Ireland Protocol is an important first step in that direction. Meanwhile, on the economic front, as in the rest of Europe, things look considerably less difficult on the energy front than feared. Yes, we're paying a lot more to heat our homes and drive our cars, but the damage looks manageable, not crippling.
1: Please be aware the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may not get back what you invest. This information does not constitute investment advice and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision, nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. Investors should also note that the views expressed may longer be current and may have already been acted upon. Reference to specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities, and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Fidelity Personal Investing does not give personal recommendations. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. It is meant for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. Issued by Financial Administration Services Limited, Authorised and regulated in the UK by the Financial Conduct Authority. Fidelity, Fidelity International, the Fidelity International logo and F symbol are trademarks of FIL Limited.